welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 47. I am your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I'm joined by just a couple of beans. So we have Cracker on the line. How's it going, mate? Pretty good, thanks, mate. That's the way. And we also have Chew. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, yeah. Can't complain. Can't complain. Life's going well. Still uh, living it up in lockdown, but uh, hopefully we'll be out of this situation soon and we can get back to some sort of normal life. Live in maybe. Levita lockdown. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, You'd have something for that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, back again. We have uh, plenty of things to talk about uh, tonight. We're going to be pretty focused on the new standard format. We've been playing some of the format ourselves and we've been hearing or watching a lot of other people playing. And, uh, yeah, I think there's uh, there's quite a bit to talk about. But before we get into any of that, Cracker, do you want to tell us who our sponsors are? Absolutely. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Uh, they are a Facebook-based auction site. They run auctions for physical magic cards. I know that's still a thing. Uh, every night of the week with special auctions run over the weekend. Uh, and they're awesome. You know, you can pick up some really good bargains. Um, they do wonderful support for us and, you know, helping us with our leagues and things. Um, they have a dedicated auctioneer. So packages get out on time and, you know, everything arrives nice and safe and sound. And they're just absolute legends. So go check them out. You can find them. Just search Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar anywhere on the internet and you'll come across them. I think you've got a few packages from them this week, Chewy. I have, I have. We're just talking precast. I've got some, uh, <laughs> got some commander upgrades uh, on on the way, and um, yeah, I've got my, uh, I've got my eye on a few more at, at the moment. Actually, I've got some current bids. So <laughs> if I uh, have some pauses while we're recording, it's because we're uh, getting close to end of auction time. So I apologise in advance. I'm a little conflicted about telling people about these guys, though, because then it has more people bidding against us. Oh, but they have auctions every single night, like multiple That's lots true. every single That's night. True. So there's plenty of bargains to go around. So it's, it's pretty good. Lots, Very good. Lots of, lots of value. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, as I said, we've got lots to talk about tonight. And, uh, yeah, we're going to start off talking about the early access event that uh, we, all three of us on this cast, participated in last week. And, uh, yeah, I think the last time we recorded, we weren't quite allowed to talk about it just yet. It hadn't sort of been officially announced that we had been invited back again. But, uh, yeah, we uh, we were lucky enough. Wizards put on these events every new set release and, yeah, invite a bunch of content creators, which uh, <laughs> I guess we are these days. Cracker's an influencer, but we're content <laughs> yeah, oh, don't, creators. Yeah. Don't even. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's pretty funny when you, uh, you know, you're sitting on the couch or, you know, doing whatever and you watch beeps and you're like, oh, I've got an email from, from Watsy. You, you click it and like it comes up in capital letters, confidential. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Serious. Yeah. Yep. So in yeah, the uh, inner sanctum, some, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something no. they put on every, every new set and yeah, effectively the day before the set goes live on Arena. They give all these people a uh, effectively a god account where we have how many gems do we have? We had like oh, over a million, million gems million or, or something. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty cool and and pretty fun to have a fully stocked account. But yeah, the whole purpose of it is to showcase the new set before it goes live out to everybody else and yeah, have a good time brewing with the new decks and things like that. So Chewy, you uh, you kicked off the event for us. How did you find it? Uh, yeah, it was great. So we, we, once we were allowed to talk about it, we put out the call on our Discord uh, asking our Beans community for some deck lists and uh, we got a number, which was great. The response was really good from the uh, from the crew and uh, there were a lot of 
yeah, really interesting decks that uh, came in the days leading up to it. And like whilst we're live on stream, we got sent a couple of sweet lists as well. And it was it was really really fun. Uh, I started at nine a.m. our time. I uh, on a little bit of uh, leave from work at the moment, so um, I had the time. So I jumped on and um, built uh, a bunch of decks. I built uh, a a four color Omnath deck. Um, you know nah, that, I, that deck must be garbage. No, yeah, I can't imagine um, that that deck being any good in the current standard. <laughs> um, <laughs> a uh, I. Got a uh, a bit of a soft spot for like red white aggressive decks that include equipment because uh, once upon a time my wife used to come and crush F and M's uh, with similar decks. Um, so um, I played uh, and I wanted to see what the new Nahiri was like. So I uh, jammed a little bit of that and yeah, a, a few other um, a few other brews along the way. And uh, yeah, it was really fun because um it's not it's not a super spiky event like everybody wants to just yeah, play the new it's meant cards to be pretty casual yeah i i was playing cards that were in the new set even though you know a better version of a card may have existed in uh you know in standard already uh i was only playing cards that were actually in the new standard shorty um but <laughs> yeah. hang on you didn't yes, have uro right. in your deck no no i uh no i didn't have azusa in my deck <laughs> okay. in my landfall deck um, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I was definitely playing Uro. Um, but, um, but yeah, Shorty got, um, Shorty got found out when he first took over because he was playing a mill deck, mono blue mill deck, I believe, that, uh, had some cards that, um, weren't actually allowed. So he did a, a really quick, uh, rebuild on stream and, you know, that went well. But yeah, it was, it was really cool to see, you know, you get paired against, um, you know, some big time streamers, some MPL players. Uh, other content creators so it's it's pretty cool to uh you know be part of that event with some people that are you know way bigger fish than what we are and um you know kind of get to rub virtual shoulders with them which is you know it's it's a bit cute you know the the format seems great you know at, you know during that event the format seemed really really cool nobody was playing any decks that were at all tuned it was i don't know it felt like it felt like magic when we first started playing. <laughs> when you, you know, your friends, your friends are just playing the cards they have, yeah, or you just build whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there were people like interacting with their chat on stream, building decks on the fly, right? Well, and- you crack, cracker, you, uh, you had to go at building a deck live on, on yeah. stream. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I took over kind of right at the tail end. So all of the stuff that was kind of known archetypes before. As in, like everyone was talk, everyone was hyped on like blue black rogues, obviously being a, you know pretty popular idea to start with. Everyone likes that kind of idea. Obviously, the Omnath deck was pretty powerful. There was the um, red white equipment deck, so there was a few really kind of obvious archetypes that people were playing throughout the day. And I wanted to try some stuff that was different, so that we could see like are there other things that people haven't explored yet. So one of the cards, one of the cards I wanted to build around was um, Leyline Tyrant. So I built like a big red kind of deck. Chunky very, red. It wasn't wasn't very good, but you know, like <laughs> I I enjoy I enjoy brewing on stream with people for these kind of things where you can just go, all right, well look, let's see what dumb things we can do. You know, we'll play a bunch of. I played like Iron Crag, Feet Feet right, which is four. It's like one triple red and it gives you like seven mana. And you gets can only played cast- in Muxus in, uh, in Goblins in Historic now. There you go. You can only play one more spell for the turn, though. But I played, like, Leyline Tyrant, and then I could cycle, like, Yadaro or, like, 
pump the mana into the tyrant and stuff. So, like, we got to do some silly things. It was fun. Uh, and then I also played a red-black kind of um, party-themed deck, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, one of the guys in our Discord um, put that one together. I'm pretty sure it was Hemsy. Who said yeah, that one was, through? Yeah, ain't no party like a Rakdos party. Exactly, and so yeah. I had a bunch of fun playing that. We got we got a couple more wins, but yeah, I mean the event was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't take the day off like you guys did, but maybe next time I'll um see if I can tee that up. What I like about this, yeah, what I like about this style of event, and I think what uh, what a lot of people in at least in our community have took the opportunity to do was go. I've got this idea. And I want to see if it's any good without me having to spend any wild cards on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yes. it's like Shorty and I have guys- both learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we've all we've all wasted wild cards along the way, absolutely. But uh, yeah, it was a really good opportunity. Uh, and I guess for anybody listening who hasn't um, tuned into uh, these events when they they come, you know, the day before a new set is released. Uh, it's a really good chance to go, well, I've got this idea. So hit up your local content creator, your favorite content creator, uh, join our Discord. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll play anything, you know, like there's nothing at stake. It's just about having a go at the new cards and having a bit of fun. And, uh, yeah, we, we did that and we got to play some pretty sweet decks. Shorty, you, um, you probably streamed the longest out of all of us. I had to, yeah. I had to go and, uh, deal with a, unwell kit at one point so i had to hand over the baton ahead of schedule so you you kind of did the marathon side of it uh crack and i just sort of bookended it but uh yeah, yeah. what did you play uh yeah I, I played a good mix i think i ended up streaming for like seven hours in total over the day like we yeah you kicked it off at 9 a.m and cracker you wrapped up basically what well, you literally got kicked out of the i did yeah out of the thing at the end so a bit just a bit after 11 so a very very long time for us to be streaming, and and you know massive shout out to our uh, our followers out there that stuck with us for a lot of it. Like we had pretty consistent numbers throughout the day, and it was for yeah, awesome hours, to see. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome to see people sort of jumping in and out, and and you know watching while they're at work, and then yep, yeah, you know I'm, I'm I'm just about to leave work. I'll jump back on when I get home and things like that. So yeah, really cool. Massive shout out to all the people that uh, came and joined us. Makes it. Makes it much easier when you're streaming when you know people are actually watching and, and they're interacting with you. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I, I had um, I had some yeah played some really cool decks and, and played against yeah some some big names. Yeah, I think the first two matches I played when I jumped on the stream was against Day Nine and and the Asian Avenger. So they're uh, they're pretty well known uh, streamers. So that was cool. But yeah, played a good mix. Played a played a mill deck that yeah was not legal. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally <laughs> uh, well I, luckily i discovered it before i clicked play but yeah it was a, a bit of a guff and uh yeah had had some good fun with the uh the blue black rogues deck from uh, i think it might have been plunksy's list maybe or uh no lab monkey lab, lab monkey, monkey gave us the list for that one and uh yeah a bit of uh white black clerics Re- the deck i was really keen to try the most was the the uh nahiri's Lithoforming deck, like the deck playing the forty lands with all the flip lands. Uh, and I'm just, sure that you know, went well. How, t- tell us about that game. Well, yeah, un- unfortunately there was a bug in Arena, and yeah, when you sacked all of your lands that were the flip lands, it didn't register them as lands when they went to your graveyard. And so, you know, I sacked 
a whole bunch of lands and I got to go and fetch one land out of my library and, and kind of got left going, uh, what, what just happened there? And, uh, yeah, the, the person who I was playing, uh, Samson I1, who again is a, a streamer I've watched a little bit of, uh, yeah, he's, he sort of, he actually came and jumped in the stream after, after our uh, game finished and explained that it's a bug that's going on at the moment. So yeah, it'd be a little bit sad to not get the chance to, to really sort of delve into that deck and see how good it was, but, yeah, had had a great great time. Played a bunch of really cool decks. Had a bunch of really good matches, and yeah, had an awesome time on stream. So definitely looking forward to the next one, and hoping we get invited to that again. And yeah, hopefully Cracker, you can take the day off as well, and we can uh, share the load a little bit more. I think we can do that. I tell you what, I did. I did have one interesting game that I played, where on I played. I can't remember. I think I was playing the mono red deck. And so I kind of, I was on the play, I was on the draw, sorry. So my opponent went land, go. I played a land. They played a Lotus Cobra. I played a second land. And then uh, they played nine manners worth of spells in the next turn. (laughs) (laughs) In in addition, so they they played a land, cast an Uro, played a land. So drew a card. So they drew a card, played a land, cast another Uro, drew another card, played another land, played a Cultivate played another land so they drew also gained six life they, they gained gain six life yes they gained six <laughs> yeah, they drew four cards yeah. and put three additional lands plus however much oh no sorry they played 10 minutes because they played a gilded goose as well mm, yeah mm. so <laughs> i went cool that's that, that that's a fun game here i am sitting yeah. with two literally two lands in play <laughs> And You're I was just like, doing it wrong, Cracker. Just, apparently so. I was like, listen, man, at least like if I was playing against Tron, the worst they could do is con me. Yeah. yeah. So we you know, we saw that at the early access access events. I'm I'm sure the new standard wouldn't have any sort of shenanigans no, like that going no, on. No. It's a it's a lot different, right? Yeah, the, so yeah, obviously very yeah, good they segue. They don't play into- Gilded Goose anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't play Gilded Goose, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as, as everyone's been alluding to so far, and you've probably already heard the terror that is uh, menacing standard at, at the moment is the four-color Omnath deck that uh, yeah Chewy had a bit of a, a go at on the uh, early access event, and yeah, it's it's doing some very broken things. So we're going to have a bit of a look through the decks that are sort of starting to become the meta game of what we're seeing in standard. And, uh, yeah, have, have a bit of, not a, you know, super deep dive into them, but just sort of explain what they are and, and especially like this Omnath deck, why it's probably a little bit too powerful for standard. So just, you know, we, we'll have a bit of a look at a list and, and talk about a few of the cards. It's four colors, Omnath, if, if you, uh, can't remember or haven't seen Omnath getting around. So Omnath is, uh, its mana cost is red, green, white, blue. So four mana with, with four different colors for a four, four legendary elemental. And it says, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. So, pretty good. Four mana, four, four. Replaces itself. We talked about card valuation not that long ago. So, yep, not, not bad there. And then it's got landfall. So, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain four life if this is the first time this ability has resolved uh, this turn. If it's the second time, add Omnath's mana cost. So, red, green, white, blue. If it's the third time, Omnath deals four damage to each opponent and each planeswalker you don't control. So... Yeah, obviously you're playing this in a deck where you can make the most of those landfall triggers and get multiple triggers in a turn. So you're generating more mana, you're gaining, uh, dealing more damage, gaining more life, all that sort of stuff. So the rest of the cards that are sort of going around that, we've got Lotus Cobra as uh, 
Cracker sort of talked about already. Cracker, do you want to tell us what Lotus Cobra is? Sure thing. It is one and a green for a 2-1 snake. Uh, and it says, whenever a land enters the battlefield, so landfall, um, you may add a mana of any colour to your mana pool. So right. you put a land into play, you generate, let's say, a green mana, and then, hey, I have an island that I just put into play, so I can tap that immediately. So every land nets you a mana. So if you have two snakes in play, for every land you get three mana, basically. Um, so and so if, you, if you're playing Fable all- Passage, people are playing Evolving Wilds in, like, <laughs> top-tier <laughs> Mythic. I, I have seen people with, like, three Evolving Wilds in their list, which is just nuts. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it, it generates two mana for every snake. Yeah. So you're generating a ton of mana. What are you doing with that? Well, like, what's obviously, you know, Omnath is a pretty good payoff in it on its own for, for getting at least extra mana, but that's not just what this deck is doing. Like, what, how are we actually, you know, winning the game and going off and making everybody so frustrated? What's the card that's doing that? It's Chewie's favorite card that he, he loved at the uh, pre release event that we played. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I remember it's, that. It's, uh, it's Genesis Ultimatum. And what is that? Uh, look at the top six cards of your library, I think it is, and put all non-land permanents into play. Yeah, it's five, yeah, so five it's, cards. Uh, so it's triple five. blue, two right. red, two green. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it's look at the, the top five or top six cards of your library, and, yeah, you put them into play if they're a non-land permanent. Otherwise, they put- No, you, you put them into play in. as well. Yeah. Uh, how about I just read the card? Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. got it in front of me. <laughs> well, you didn't tell us to open the card. And you, yeah, so you get a whole bunch of landfall triggers from the lands that you put into play, which give you more mana to cast the inevitable second copy of Genesis Ultimatum that you draw. Um, so you can cast that. You throw in, you know, some number of Terror of the Peaks and, you know, extra Omnaths and Uros and whatever else that uh, comes in, additional snakes. And it doesn't take too many Terror of the Peaks triggers and all of the landfall triggers to, and you just generate so much mana, you can just, Basically, you just have one massive, big, busted turn where you generate 20-odd mana and cast, you know, 30-odd mana worth of spells. <laughs> and, well, the, uh, the and now are playing, they're playing Kenrith to give everything haste, and they're also playing Ugin. Yeah. Yep. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, you're, you're chaining together your, either your Genesis Ultimatums, which get you those extra landfall triggers, as well as drawing your extra cards and putting more of those permanents into the battlefield. You're also playing Escape to the Wilds, that... Uh, is similar to Genesis Ultimatum, like you're exiling five cards from your library and you can play them, uh, but you can also play additional lands uh, with Escape to the Wild. So again, more more triggers for uh, your Lotus Cobra generating more mana. So in, yeah, in, in one turn, you can very easily play your entire deck and yeah, the win, win the in wilds. some way. Yeah, <laughs> and the, and the this, escape- is, this is from turn four, right? Yes. Well, like escape- consistently... Escape is the perfect turn three play for this deck, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy, right? So it's uh, you can get ridiculous amounts of mana with uh, with Lotus Cobras uh, on as early as turn three. You get turn three, turn four Ugans going as well. Like it's just it's a it's a bit too broken. I think the the snake is a very very powerful thing, and if you're playing a deck that doesn't have snake, and you're playing and and your deck doesn't have some way to deal with snake. The needle, whatever it is, the um, the land that deals uh, that can be an instant that for one red that shoots something for one and exiles it if it goes to the bin. Uh, you should be playing those if you're a red deck. If you're not, then uh, I think you need to kind of go back to the drawing board with your deck building a little bit. 
spike field hazard is the that's the, the one. land. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, you you talk about a deck like that, and you go, okay, yeah, it's it's trying to generate a bunch of mana and play a bunch of big spells. So obviously, Lotus Cobra is an issue, right? Well, we'll just kill the Cobra. So you know, then it stops them from generating so much mana, and then they can't play all these big things early. Or you play a bunch of counter spells, so you can counter all their big things. Or you know, you you run discard effects and things like that. The problem that we're seeing with this deck is if you build your deck to deal with Lotus Cobra so you can kill small things, they just play Uro and just outvalue you with Uro and ramp up slowly and then just completely take over the game with their their late game stuff that they've got. If you play counter spells to counter the Genesis Ultimatums and the Escape to the Wilds and the big spells that they've got, well, then they just play Lotus Cobras and generate a bunch of mana and outvalue you anyway because you are not going to have enough counter spells and almost every card that they have in their deck is generating extra value for them or drawing extra cards. So it's it's actually a really hard deck to hate out and that's I think that's why everyone's a little bit uh, unhappy at the moment with, with this deck. Dude, we're just sick of the last two years of <laughs> Simic being completely OP. Like, and, this, and the, this is four colours, though, Cracker. This isn't oh, yeah. Simic. It's, it's not Simic's fault. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. It's definitely not a Simic thing. I think the problem is that Ramp has been a really good strategy historically for a, a metagame to have, where you do nothing in the early turns, yeah. right, for, like, turns one through five say yeah. where you're doing you, nothing you're but trying to put additional lands. lands in the play exactly right yeah maybe some mana dorks and then it gives the aggro decks a chance to go underneath yep. the problem with these other decks now is the current iterations are starting with these cantrips and these life gain cards that bridge you from turn two right when you can play uro pretty easily um all the way through. And and the thing is that their late game is turn four, right? There's no, like, we have to get to turn six to cast our, like, Ugin the hard way on, like, if you've ramped a couple of times. So, it's, I, I think that's where the frustration is. It's it's not that, like, it's just this with the rotation that was yeah. coming. Everyone was happy because, like, Nissa was going and, like, all those busted planeswalkers we've had for the last couple of years, which people were, you know, tired of. <laughs> it just kind of is like, oh, did we actually lose anything? <laughs> Is part Seems of like- the problem that, um, like, the best aggro deck, and, and we're talking about ladder here, like the ladder mana game rather than any particular event. Uh, Mono Red was kind of the uh, the uh, the warden, if you like. Yeah, it's it's yeah. usually the fun, the, the fun police. The fun police, yeah. It, it just sort of it helps to keep a format in check. Yeah, and that they lost a lot, right, with this rotation. It, it, it did lose heaps, yes. Yeah, it, it's still a deck. Absolutely, there's still a mono yeah. red deck that's out there and, and competitive, and and it's still a good deck. But if if you lose a dice roll and you're playing mountains and they you know cast Genesis Ultimatum on turn four or something crazy, like you're looking at the um, you know the annex that's a four three that you got in play, going, I'm not going to get a chance to cast this Embercleave, you know, like you just. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the, the aggressive uh, one drop that they just printed. Uh, so it's the Wayward Guide Beast, which is a red mana for a 2 2 with trample haste. You're like, in. Sounds like Goblin Guide, except whenever it deals combat damage to a player, return a land you control to its owner's hand. <laughs> so it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. Like I've actually seen it play out in some gruel decks where it lets you pick up like your 
deal one damage things or your, you know, like your mythic lands and really stuff like well that. It plays really well with brush fire elemental, right? Sure, sure. But the problem is that it's just still not great. Because what, what are you going to do? You can't play three of them and then attack and pick up three lands. You can only play one each turn. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's when, certainly when, hampered. When your opponent goes turn two, snake, turn two, uh, turn three, Uro, turn four, play, play Omnath, play a Fable Passage, gain four life, crack the Fable Passage, and then just play a whole bunch of things. Like, they've gained seven life extra by turn four, and then every land they play each turn, they're gaining another four life from Omnath. You just can't beat that as an aggressive deck. That and they've drawn to it so extra much cards. Life. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And the, yeah, that with the aggro decks getting worse and like the, the aggro deck that seems to be apart from mono red is the red white warriors deck, which is either leaning on equipment, uh, which is just inevitably, uh, a turn slower, uh, even though, you know, you go that big, that bit bigger. So they're more mid range. So these over the top decks have more opportunity to go over the top or they're, uh, relying on the four mana four three angel that you can get more of them from the graveyard so but you know you're like oh that's great value you know i can have you know a play a two and two split or whatever it is and and have this amazing value or i can just cast my four mana four three and die the next turn to my opponent's ridiculousness so yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh it's it's okay. not exactly balanced at the moment so there is one deck that seems to be doing okay against it from what i've seen um and that's there's actually like what well, demir control so blue black control and also um i'm starting to see some salt eye lists coming up but i mean they are like they're super hard control decks the ones i've seen where they're playing literally like four shark typhoons across the board so like three in the main and one in the board and maybe one or two ashiox so they are like almost winless control decks in order to be able to to compete with these other things so that they can kill cobras with eliminates or the one mana black removal i can't remember what that one's called then they're also playing like essence scatter to be able to hit omnath and like mystical dispute to hit the genesis automatum and things so there is that side of things but it's still like if you lose the dice roll and all your stuff doesn't line up quite right which you know control decks can typically have the the problem of they has historically used sweepers as a catch-up mechanic, right? So you would use like extinction event to be able to like get your way back in front with mid-range and then, you know, play a card draw spell or something like that. But these decks don't give you that window. So if it doesn't line up right, you just lose on the spot. Yeah, you, you've got to have the exact cards at the exact time if you have the, the wrong counter spell at, at the wrong time or, yeah, they get one spell under you, then... Yeah, you're just stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no catching up. And you do, sometimes you don't have that turn there's, to go. There is no other okay, turn. He's, yeah, yeah, he's played. They've played to the played to the board, so I can just sweep everything. You just don't get that turn, and you just lose. Yeah, i i was playing I was playing a bunch of the the Omnath deck, and the mirror is actually miserable. Like it's not it's not a fun matchup to play at all. So I started to like tweak my deck, and I ended up with a more of more of a bent control deck. That splashed red for um, for Uro, uh, not for Uro. Sorry for Omnath. So I I found myself uh, you know going that more controlling route, but still trying to do the broken thing. And I was having a whole bunch of success against the other Omnath decks because I I had 
uh, some some negates and some mystical disputes in my in my main deck, and I had um, you know some sort of more alternate win conditions, and I, I had a a number of um, shatter the skies, and I had all of these tools to to beat them, and then. I just found I just lost to everything else. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> and that's that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was really frustrating. So, I think something probably needs to give. Uh, I don't I don't know what that is going to be or what that yeah. should be. Honestly, I I don't know. Uh, I don't envy Wizards' position, uh, having you know some pressure from the from the player base saying there's an issue here, and I'm sure they've got the numbers. Uh, but something yeah. needs to change. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they we'll, tweeted we'll out during it. the week, right, where they said, we're closely monitoring developments in standard. In order to avoid disruptions this weekend's tournaments, we intend to provide an update on the format early next week. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we might have a look at some of the other decks and then we'll touch on that at the end sure. once we have a bit of an idea if there's anything that can beat it. Because, I mean, we've spoken before about there's no problem with a format having a best deck. Like that's that's fine. It gives everybody something to try and beat. But if you have to completely warp your decks to have any chance of beating that deck to the point where they can't beat anything else, that's when it becomes a problem. So the Demir Control deck, I know Gabe Nassif has been uh, championing that, that deck a bit over the last week. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you were watching his stream or not, Cracker, but... Uh, yeah. I was watching Crokey's play his lists, okay. actually. Yep. And look, it was good, but I mean, there were still turns that you just go, oh, look, I lose the game. Like I was watching <laughs> fr- from the other side, I was watching Andre Strasky play last night on his stream and he was just like, oh, I think I just win next turn. And he's got like a Lotus Cobra and two lands in play. And then like, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, cool. And then he just like plays another Cobra and just wins easily from from his opponent being like- his opponent was on like twenty six or something like that, and he just like fiftyed them in a turn. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> it's just insane. So yeah. in standard, like yeah. wow, yes, I know, I know. Well, that was like sort of a, maybe a last point to finish up on this deck. But you mentioned before Tron in modern. Yes, Tron is a deck where you once you get an Urza's power plant and Urza's tower and an Urza's mine in play, they tap for seven generic mana, specifically col- tower mine, mana. right? Tower mine. Yes. Yes. And that deck in modern, so, you know, modern powered deck, uh, power level of cards, all that sort of stuff, 50% of that deck is just making sure you hit those lands. It's ways to find those lands and get them into play and, and, yeah, get Tron on turn three. And then all you do on turn three is you play a Khan Liberated and you get to, usually you exile one of their lands and that's it. That's the end of your turn. <laughs> it's usually the end of the game as well. Like the uh, amount of times people, is, yeah. a lot of people will scoop to Khan on the stack on turn three. Yeah, yeah. But that's but that's modern. Yes, and that is like consistently top tier, one point one, one point five, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like pretty much always. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also it's disruptable. Like there's plenty of ways you can stop that from happening and turn that into a longer game. And that's the big issue that we're seeing with this deck is it is not, it's not really disruptable and you're not just doing one super powerful thing on turn three or four, you're doing everything. (laughs) You're casting your entire deck on turn three or four. But their longer game is so good anyway. Even if they don't hit that Genesis Ultimatum early and do stupid things, like they're still a really good every every card in the deck is value and Uro just kills you. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. We've spent half an hour just about talking about this deck. <laughs> Let's talk about some other decks. So, what else are we seeing? Obviously, you know, Omnath's number one and Demir Control's probably up there, but not not quite the same. Um, we mentioned before we're still seeing Mono Red, so I've always been a, a big Mono Red fan. And, yeah, it, the deck def- definitely did lose a few things. You know, you lost your... Um, your runaway steamkins, which light is up the stage. a big loss, yeah, and light up the stage. So you're losing a bit of card advantage, and you're losing that, uh, you know, engine. that the, yeah, the engine. That's that's the word I'm thinking of. But you're still keeping, like, you've still got your fervent champions, you've still got your robbers, you've still got annexes, bone crushers, torbrands, ember cleaves. Yep, you've you've still got a lot of the deck there. So the list that I'm seeing, a lot of them have picked up the one mana, the new step links, the Akum Hellhound. So it's a an, a zero one for one mana, which is not not ideal in a mono red aggressive deck. But it's got landfall, and when a land enters the battlefield, it gets plus two plus two. So often you're playing that on turn one, and it's a zero one. But turn two, you're playing your second land, and it's attacking as a two three. So I love Kurt Ape. <laughs> yeah, it's pre- pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm yet to actually play mono red myself. I actually haven't even played a game since the early access which is pretty pretty slack of me but it's um it's a decent replacement uh for a good one drop but i don't know how it'll go the other one it's picked up is the cargan intimidator which is a, a two mana one and a red for a three one the the human warrior with cowards can't block warriors and you can pay a mana to uh, make uh, other creatures cowards or give your warriors trample or, or pump uh, pump a creature so not bad. It gives you a few options of what you can do, and you can kind of make your guys unblockable sometimes, which is pretty nice. And that card's really good. I played it in the early access event, yeah, and it yeah. gives you a lot of options. Yep. Yeah, I was quite impressed with how that uh, played out. I've been playing Boros Warriors a, a little bit on mm. ladder in an attempt to try to get under the uh, the Omnath decks, and that card is either the best card or the worst card in your deck, depending on on, on the matchup. It's uh, it's really swingy. Uh, I found it uh, to either be, yeah, absolutely amazing and it'll win you the game or it's a stone cold does nothing, like it's yeah. everything that's bad about a two-mana 3-1. Yep. I, I heard today a little trick with this with this creature. Like when it, it uh, turns a creature into a coward, so it actually removes all its other creature types. So if you're playing it with Winota, you can turn one of your humans into a coward and then <laughs> get attack an extra and you get an extra trigger <laughs> nice. from Winota. So just just something to keep a, keep an eye on. Mono Red actually did get a couple of good lands, both the Shatter Skull yeah. Smashing, which is X Red Red, and it deals X damage divided uh, as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. And if it's six or more, it deals twice X. And then you can pay three life to have it come into play as an untapped red source. That card's really strong. You know, just being able to have it as an early land drop, you kind of don't care usually about racing and, and you'll usually shock in a land or bolt in a land, I guess we have to call it yeah, now, don't we? Yeah, bolt Where you, you know, you're willing to trade off the early damage to keep your mana up. Uh, and then, as you mentioned before, the spike field hazard, which is a single red for an instant, it deals one damage to any target. And if a permanent dealt damage this way would die this turn, exile instead. Or you can have it enter tapped as a land. So. They're both really good pickups, and it's nice for. Uh, I think all these like spell lands. I don't know what they're called. Double faced M- lands. MDFCs. Sure. <laughs> Modal double faced cards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. They they all seem really good, actually. Yeah. I like the counter spell one a lot. The force spike one. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. I, t- I tried playing that in the early access. And ended up cutting it. 
But uh, yeah, mono, mono red's still in a good spot, and it's as mono red always is, especially if you're playing best of one on the ladder, you can just have those games where you just win, like you're just super fast and you win. So still, uh, still worth looking at. Um, what else are we sort of seeing in that in the reasonable decks to be playing? Rogues. Gruel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk to us about the Gruel deck. Cracker, what have you seen? I mean, it's it's much the same thing. It's just that they're playing a few more landfall creatures. They're going a little bit bigger. They're getting a little more from the, the trample side of things. You know, your ember cleaves just hit that bit harder. So they tend to be playing that um, 2-2 I was talking about before where you, you pick up the land when it deals damage. You kind of don't matter because you have more payoffs. The mono red deck really only has the, the two, really. Although the zero one is the main one that you're wanting to kind of trigger. So it's it's much the same. It's It's kind of a base red deck with you know some green stuff thrown in to kind of help push through the extra bits i've seen a couple of versions of it running like edgewell innkeeper with Mm -hmm. the uh rimrock knight and uh the lovestruck beast as well as well obviously bone crusher giant uh just to kind of be that half a turn slower than the the hard aggressive one but have a lot more value um so yeah again a good deck but uh, sometimes has trouble going underneath the uh, the the Omnath deck, but the other decks, uh, you know, people are starting to play the Demir Control deck to try to beat the Omnath. Having the extra, you know, cards you get off the uh, the Innkeeper can be uh, can be pretty pivotal in those matches. Yeah, for sure. So you've, and you've seen a bit of rogues. Yeah, I've obviously. Um, Obviously, Lab Monkey was uh, on the money with uh, with the Rogue deck, seeing a lot of that, and it's kind of the fish deck of the format, right? Where it it, it plays cheap removal in eliminates and the and blood, blood chief's thirst. Sorry, blood chief's thirst. That's the one. The one mana. The one mana yeah, card. The one mana one. Yeah, and that's a that's a really important card. So they got a lot of ways to kill Lotus Cobra, and a lot of ways to kill Omnath with triggers on the stack. We've also got Drown in the Lock, which is either a counter or a removal. Yeah, that card, it's always been a really good card. Like, you know, in a vacuum, you like you read Drown in the Lock and you're like, that's a good magic card. But it hasn't really made a big impact in Standard uh, until really now in this, this Rogues deck. So it, it's got, it brings that sort of versatility because, you know, there is sometimes you want to kill, uh, you know, a red aggressive creature, but sometimes you want to counter an Omnath. <laughs> and like yeah so it, it does both and because you know the majority of the deck plays at instant speed you know you just keep the mana up and you they go okay the green deck didn't do anything in the main phase you know i'll i'll flash in my my evasive flyer uh, or if they did do something you counter it and then you just kind of pressure them with your your chip damage and the two mana one three that uh, pumps all your rogues if they've got, I think, eight cards in their library. Yeah, can, in the, in know, the graveyard. Yep. In, sorry, in the in the graveyard. And like we've, I think we've all played. Uh, we all in during like Ixalan standard. We all played the mono blue deck uh, quite yep. a lot. And I know Cracky, you've played versions of that in other formats as well. There's a there's a point in those games where you you pivot between control and aggression. And the Demir Rogues deck does that really, really well. So it's like, okay, I'm in a spot now. I'm, I've got control of the game. My, I've counted the key spells. I'm going to try and win now. And and the Rogues deck does that. So I think the 
the skill to the rogue's deck is identifying if you're the beatdown and and when to pivot. Uh, but yeah, I think once you've got a grasp on those in those matchups, I think it can be quite a good deck. And there's some flexibility in the card pool for that to kind of be a, a pillar of the metagame moving forward, that deck. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing that deck at the, the early access event. It was heaps of fun and yeah, seemed, seemed pretty powerful as well. So hopefully, uh, yeah, that deck continues and, and is actually a good part of the metagame because it'd be a good deck to, to have there in that sort of top tier of decks. Yeah, that Anything might be the fun police rather than mono red at the end. Yeah, of it, maybe. So. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Yep. Um, yeah, you mentioned before you, you've been playing some warriors, Chewy. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those decks where a, a bit like my description of the um, the guy that the three one. Uh, it's either a really powerful deck that you know, similar to mono red, where it's like I uh, just won, <laughs> you know. Um, but there are also a lot of decks. There are a lot of matchups or situations where you go, I, I, I don't have anything in my deck that can get me out of this situation, or my opponent's just doing things that are far too powerful for me to keep up with. If you could guarantee that you always won the dice roll, uh, it'd be an amazing deck. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's the same it's, for most decks, isn't it? Yeah, no, well, I mean, yeah. The, with the, the decks that are just going over the top, going over the top as early as they do, it's having some trouble keeping up. Uh, and it's a shame because I think the uh, the power balance of the equipment in the format is good. Like the- uh, I really the like the Mall of the Skyclaves. Like I saw you playing that in the early access event, which is the um, two and a white, and it gives your creature flying in first strike and plus two, plus two. And when it ECBs, you can attach it to a creature. Like I think that is really cool. Yeah, it's a great card. Could you imagine that in like Mirrodin standard? It'd be the best card in the set, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a, it's a good card. And then there's the the uh, two mana one one double strike and equip creatures have double strike. And then you've got a lord and like all of the ingredients are there. Even a planeswalker that you know fits your theme. And we talked about when we previewed the cards. Nahiri is exactly where I want Planeswalkers to be, where they fit a niche really well and they're really good at the thing that they do. As long as the thing that they do is good enough, then, you know, they should be a good card. Uh, but I think the thing that they do is good enough, except, you know, there's this, there's this boogeyman that just goes over the top, unfortunately. So yeah, we're just, it's just not quite good enough to keep up with the current decks. If, you know, if we hear an announcement next week and they ban a key card from the Omnath deck, maybe it, you know, becomes the best aggressive deck. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it's kind of competing in the same space as the Gruul aggro deck where it's not as like low to the ground, you know, like throw everything at, at my opponent with no regard for, you know, card advantage or, uh, anything just tr- like just trying to 20 my opponent. It's not as, um, you know, linear as the mono red deck it's that it's got a bit more play to it particularly having planeswalker uh but the gruel deck and the warriors deck you know i'm not sure which one's the better embercleave deck so um i think maybe gruel has the uh has with the adventure cards uh you know specifically bone crusher giant just might be better yeah and questing beast is probably pretty hard to to go past it's a it's a very powerful creature yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep. And some other decks I've been really seeing on um, on ladder have been like a black white clerics deck, and just 
a mono black deck that we saw a fair bit from previous standard on just trying to just playing all the removal spells playing solemn simulacrum playing a whole bunch of just you know card draw mana ramp removal and ugin so just that's as a, a way to try to attack the decks that are trying to attack omnath a little bit yeah, so okay. yeah i've been seeing a fair bit of that but yeah i think there's a fair gap between that and the other decks though but um you do see a lot of that on on ladder so just be prepared to run into that but, yeah the black white clerics deck which i think you played yeah, yeah I, played, event. I played a version plunksy sent over and yeah it was just you know all all the clerics and had there's a lot of uh synergies there with with the uh all the clerics the new clerics that we've got as well as a few of the old ones so yeah the deck uh deck did some pretty powerful stuff there's a creature in there that, that we played called uh Aura, O-R-A-H, Skyclave Horophant. It's a two white black for a 3 3 uh, core cleric uh, with lifelink. It says whenever this creature or another cleric you control dies, return target cleric card with lesser converted mana cost from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, obviously, playing a whole bunch of clerics of varying mana cost as well as Woe Strider. So, you could actually sort of chain, sort of go down the chain with your clerics and, and sacrifice you know, a three or a four mana cleric and then get a three mana one from your graveyard and then get a two mana one. It's uh, birthing pl- pod, man. Birthing it's pod. So- it's soul shift. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Like you're yeah. playing, there's a cleric, a, a two and a black demon's disciple for a three one and when it enters the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature or a planeswalker. So you can bring that back from your graveyard and then sacrifice itself to its trigger and then bring a two, two mana creature back and... So, you know, sort of go all the way down the chain until you get to Archfiend's Vessel, which is the the one mana one one that when it comes out of your graveyard, it turns into a five five demon. So, yeah, it was a it was a really cool deck with tons Sweet. of synergies. I, I don't know, you know, obviously it was just a sort of a thrown together version that Plunksy gave us, but it's um yeah, it was good fun. And, and again, that's the sort of deck where if that's if that's good enough to be a good solid tier two deck, then that's that's a good place for standard. But Unfortunately, I think it's probably like tier four at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Aura the is best. the uh, buy box promo, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we've mentioned it a few times already. Uh, you know the the potential of banning. So as Cracker said, we uh, Wizards tweeted out a couple of days ago now. I think that uh, ne- early next week there will be an update to standard. Now, no details on an update to the banner restricted list or, or anything of that sort of nature, just an update to standard. And they were doing it early next week so that they didn't uh, ruin anyone's weekends. But also, we have coming up, uh, there's like there's an SCG, big SCG event on this weekend. And then in a couple of weeks, there's the 2020 uh, season grand finals event. So that's a big, uh, what, what do you say? It was 32 player, 250 grand event. Yeah, it's all of the top finishes from the players to us so far. Yeah, and yeah. and that's that's going to be standard and, then, and yeah, historic. With the invitationals. Yeah, so, so whatever we don't. <laughs> yes, we we don't know what this actually means. We everyone's kind of assuming it means there will be a banning of some sort. But I mean, we like literally the set hasn't even released in paper yet, <laughs> and already everyone's crying for bannings. It's 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 getting a little bit ridiculous that it's it's, it's funny. It's I think like we, you know, we've been doing this podcast for what nearly a year and a half now yeah. or something, yeah. and every single time a set comes out, I have a go at the Magic community for being a pack of whinges saying things should be banned. Uh, but in this time, 
I, 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 I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Like, I, I think this goes beyond just, you know, change resistance and, you know, people being sad because the thing that they want to play isn't good enough. Uh, I legitimately think something's broke. Yeah. Like, one of the scary things is that, like, Omnath was meant to be legal, obviously, with uh, Oko and Once Upon a Time and, and those sorts of cards, but also was meant Fires to be legal with Fires of Invention. <laughs> do you know, I actually really want to see someone do no band standard. Yeah, I, I would love to. I, I said that on a cast a while ago. I would love yeah. them to just do a full unban and just, like, do it as a special event on Arena. No, 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 not even that. Just, like, every now and again, like- MTG Goldfish will do like no ban list mod, yeah, yeah. right? Or something like that, where they'll just put the most broken things they can together. I want to see the most busted deck you can build out of the should be currently legal standard pool. We, we can and- do that. Yeah. Is everybody thinking okay. one day beans event? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, sure. maybe we'll uh, we'll discuss that off here, and that might be uh, something we could announce in in the next couple of weeks. But, All right, yeah, watch this can, space, kids. You, you can you can play just you know custom decks against yeah, each that's other. True. It's, yeah, so we we could definitely do that. But yeah, it would be really cool to see. Although, yeah, it means people have to sort of spend wild cards on cards that they can't really use anywhere else. So they mm. might might not be too keen. But anyway, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of similar thing with Chewy, where it's like yeah, this this seems. Just that little bit too far. I've, I've same thing. I've, I hate it when Magic players just whinge as soon as the set comes out about everything's broken and the sky is falling. But this deck does seem to be that little bit too far, and I don't see it getting better with you know people just sort of figuring out how to beat it. Where, where do you sit on that, Cracker? Uh, exactly the same place. So after yeah, okay. playing the event and and like losing to that like ten mana turn in a in a single like turn three or whatever, I was like, well, this is insane. But like, it's an early access event. I'm playing new cards. These are not optimized lists. Yeah. Like, this is a a big pile of whatever. And we've always said, don't read too much into these things because people aren't playing interaction. People aren't playing older cards. The problem we've got is now people are playing the interaction in the older cards and the four color omnath deck has just got better <laughs> right people <laughs> people have tuned it and made it better and i don't know man like i was excited when they previewed lotus cobra i was like oh this is sweet yeah, yeah. and they they downshifted it from mythic down to rare and like we were all like this is cool this card is really fun and it should be no it should be banned yeah <laughs> relegated to chewy's cube I think. Yeah, put it in the cube. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, so what are we thinking? So, obviously, like that's Omnath is the top deck. Are we going to see Omnath? Are we going to see Lotus Cobra? Like, are we just going to nah, see them finally do get rid something of Uro? Stupid. Nah, they'll do something stupid like get rid of Uro. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't and, think and they it will... won't be enough because yes, it's not, just not. It's exactly. not enough. We saw a similar thing with um, Emrakul, the Promising. I think it's Marvel. It was Marvel. Yeah, they went. We've got like a flagship card. Of the format, we'll ban everything around it. Not, yep. not our, you know, pet card. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we had, you know, a repeat of that. They did the same thing with with Hogak in yeah. modern as well, and like it's it's one of those things. At the end of the day, you can't Can really blame that. them. Like literally, the set hasn't even released in paper yet, and you know, if if well, the set comes out. We're recording on Thursday night. You can buy your your packs tomorrow. And if they do an announcement on Monday or Tuesday next week, like the set will have been released in paper for three or four days, and then oh, sorry, we have to ban one of our brand new cards that everyone's just bought <laughs> bought their packs to get. <laughs> That's not a good look. Uh, and yeah, I, I can see them only banning Uro and, and not doing anything else. So is that enough though? No, because Uro's kind of their like it's it's a 
uh, a link in the chain. Yeah, and it's an alternate win condition. I, th- I but- think it 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 would go a long way to help because, like I was saying before, if you you know if you kill the Lotus Cobra, they just play Uro. Well, that takes out that, and Uro is also such a big factor in the like aggressive matchups. Just that gaining three life is is pretty big. And the six six that comes in a couple yeah, of times later. eventually, yeah. yeah. So I think it would definitely dampen it, but I think people would just build alternate versions that are probably more focused on just comboing off and Omnath will still be a problem. I've got a left field suggestion. Fable Passage. It. Or does it hurt too many other decks? Yeah, probably I actually hurts. think Fable Passage is really good as like the fixing for a standard format. Yes. I yes. really like it yep. because it's not OP. Yep. But in, in conjunction with this deck, it is. Yeah, so it's not the problem. It's it's being abused. Yeah, it's being yeah. abused by okay. other yeah. cards. Yeah. So I, I wonder if there's other things that they can do instead, like introduce new cards to the format. Like, yeah, I've what been if saying they, that for years. What if they just went, okay, we're going to put in Thought Season Fatal Push? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> right? like, I've, I mean, I've been saying for years I would love to see them emergency or print card. or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, throwing things against the wall here. I mean, we, the, the thing is, I was really excited for this standard set. Like, this is the first time that I've actually had, like, one of the pre-release things or the pre-orders, like, paid for. I got it for Father's Day and I was like, oh, I got 50 packs. This is so good. And so, I was all, like, ready to start waiting a few days, see what shakes out and then build some decks. And then, like, this Omnath deck comes out. I'm like, okay, like, this thing is really powerful, but maybe there's something that, like, either I can build it or I can, like, find something that combats it. And then it's just- there's this announcement coming in. I'm like, well, now I have to wait literally a week before the from from the time that you know the announcement got made to when we will get it. I think it's six days. Yeah, and and then I have to wait to see what shakes out of that before because mm. like I, I have I have enough wild cards to build like a top tier deck, but I don't have enough to build three, and so like I can't afford to like get all the triomes for exactly that that I might need to build something. And then, like, Omnath gets banned, and then I want to build something completely different because, you know, it's they're no longer useful or whatever. It's like, well, I don't get those back. I would just get the Omnaths back. So, uh, I've been talking in Group Cracker, hashtag best group, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a bunch of people who are feeling the same way. And, like, there's there's this feeling of, of ban fatigue, which I have never actually felt particularly before, but I don't know if it's in conjunction with the fact that I'm, like, fatigued of being locked in my house as well but <laughs> yeah that certainly this, adds to it this one is just sucked man like yeah. this one just feels really miserable like yep. they just screwed it up really badly and it's a new format that i'm really i was really excited to play and i'm, I'm like shorty i've loaded it up i've opened my packs and went cool i'm gonna go do something else because yeah. i am not incentivized to play magic at all yep. and that's terrible that's what limited's for man that's what limited's for <sighs> yeah but i mean I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of off it. Because, like, I enjoy Limited when I'm enjoying Magic. But, like, Constructed is is the, the thing I play the most, right? Yeah. Like, I enjoy Limited when I get to it, but it's not the thing I'm drawn to. And so, if I'm not if, if I'm not turning on Arena for any reason, yeah. then, like, I'm I not guess- doing it to fire a draft. And particularly when there's still, like, 10,000 gold or whatever. I still, yeah. I still don't think uh, that they're particularly yeah, good yeah. value. So, <laughs> well, my normal cadence with these things is I spend a season just accruing gems. Uh, as, as much as I can, you know, converting gold into gems. So when a new set is released, I can, you know, enter a bunch of sealed events or, or, you know, use gems as entry. And that helps me build my collection. 
and it helps me, uh, you know, gives me that time where I'm learning the new cards and, and finding the new interactions and things without spending all of the wild cards on, on, on standard decks. And I, you know, the decks that I'm playing are probably like 80, 90% optimal. Like I'm, I'm, each deck that I've got has got, you know, maybe three, four cards where it's like, well, I don't own another one of these mythics. So I'm going to, you know, play, you know, a, a replacement card, um, from what the, you know, the, the consensus best build is, uh, because I'm still jamming limited and, you know, I'll get those cards in, in prize packs or whatever. And then once I'm up for, you know, once I've, you know, the format's kind of settled and we know what the boogeyman is and I can either choose to play that or one of the other, uh, um, you know, decks that beat it. Uh, but the, and, and the, we've talked a lot about the new cards and how powerful they are and how much of a pain it is, but this limited set's actually great. So for, for people that if you, you know, similar to Cracker and you're struggling, if you've got the, uh, the equity in your arena account, I highly suggest using this time, uh, you know, these next few days, uh, do a few drafts, do a few seals because yeah, it's a really fun limited set. It's a little bit bomby, but I think that's good. Um, in a, in a limited set, you don't want, you know, grindy board, board stalls, uh, having, you know, having cards that win the game is a good thing. So yeah, play more limited. I, I guess I could say that at least. 10 times every podcast um, <laughs> and still not still not say it enough but yeah maybe maybe now's time to hone your drafting skills everybody like mm. i think that's probably a good thing um there's another thing also sorry i'll end my tangent there i've been pretty good we've been you know like an hour in i haven't tangented yet but um there's a a thing that you've put in the show notes shorty uh as a potential ban more for a mechanical um reasons than power level in Scoot Swarm? Yeah. So there was a uh, a thing that happened against me uh, in the Early Access event, and I think I saw you were on the receiving end, and Day9 um, on, on his stream was doing it a number of times where, for the first time ever, I saw Arena come up saying, if you don't do something different, the game's going to end in a draw. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah, all of the Scoot Swarm tokens were going off probably should read scoot swarm so scoot, scoot swarm is two and a green for a one one insect and it has landfall whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control create a one one green insect creature token if you control six or more lands create a token that's a copy of scoot swarm instead so what's happening is once you hit six lands and you start copying scoot swarms every land you play all of those copied versions of scoot swarms also trigger and so you're ending up with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of triggers because, you know, you, you copy, copy Scoot Swarm a few times and all of a sudden each land creates four more Scoot Swarms. So then the next land you play that creates eight more Scoot Swarms and so on and so on. So yeah, I, I tried playing this deck a bit on the early access event and I really struggled with it and, and I sort of moved on, but I saw a screenshot of someone yesterday that had, they, I think they had about 800 tokens on the battlefield and there was seven seventeen hundred triggers of scoot swarm tri- triggers on the stack <laughs> and arena just could not handle it <laughs> no well, it was, also makes me wonder how mutating hey, onto them as well so yeah with got migratory like, great horn right yeah, yeah well, they're playing the flying thing as well so they can just like go over the top yeah so you if you mutate it 
uh, and then copy it, it still has the same ability. So it, it's copying the mutated version of the creature. And yeah, very, very interesting. And I ha- it gives me, yeah, the shudders thinking how on earth you could possibly play this on a mobile phone. <laughs> so, so many triggers and so many creatures on the battlefield. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like that just seems like someone's just completely missed the ball of going, oh, this is going to be a problem on arena when all these triggers go off. Because if like, if you're playing this in paper, it's going to be a little bit complicated to figure out, but you can go, okay, this generates uh, a thousand scoots. So I'm just going to write on a piece of paper. Oh, I've, got, I've got a thousand scoots. There you go. Done. Whereas on arena, you need to actually resolve those thousand triggers and yeah, just, just sort of can't handle it. So I think what they need to do is instead of trying to do it all at once, it's like when you open packs, you can like, if you've got, a you know you you if you buy your pre-release pack and you buy fifty packs or forty-five packs whatever yeah, it is you can do you know, ten, at, ten, a ten time. at a time. Yep. So they ha- need to code into Arena. They need to recognise if there's you know seventeen hundred yeah of this, the same trigger. Yeah, yep. you can resolve them. You know if yeah. both uh, both players can choose to pass priority. Yeah, um, I mean like both players click resolve all, so all the triggers are resolving. It just takes. You know, it's just got so much going on. That it, it-, it does all the animations for each one, I think, is one of the problems. Yeah. Don't get me yeah. started on animation. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I knew you would. Well, I mean, it's got it's got to physically create the token on your it screen. Does. So, it does. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. So I, I don't know, like, that might be their update to standard where they go, oh, Scoot Swarm's been eroded. <laughs> and that's it. That's all we see. So who knows? Who knows? Yep. But uh, I think we've been going long enough. We might just uh, quickly mention our league as uh, Crack has already uh, gotten in a, a, got, a quick got shot. Got to slip it in there, man. <laughs> quick shot earlier. So, uh, yeah, our league kicked off. We've been talking about it for ages. And, uh, yeah, we did our uh, did our live stream draw on Sunday evening. And, yeah, we had really good numbers of, of uh, people from the league coming to view it and a few few new viewers that uh, came and joined us in our Discord and things like that. So awesome to see the hype is continuing for our leagues and everyone's excited. And, uh, yeah, everyone wanted to be that pack one, pick one in the draft. I think maybe next year with the draft we might have to actually do it as a proper draft where we <laughs> we draft a team. What do you reckon? Rochester draft. <laughs> the players. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that would go. but <laughs> We might have to set – Different flips. Some people might get upset, but if yes. we set players into, you know, mythic, rare, uncommon, whoa, and common, whoa, whoa. Um, and then the beans well, are just like the basic land that you get. I thought they're the tokens in the back yeah, of the yeah. pack, right? Yeah. I think I think we're opening up a can of worms if we go down that path, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We we had a great time, and yeah, we we managed to sort everybody into our teams. We did. We have teams this time, right? We've we're actually. For the first time, it's our biggest league, and we decided that just to kind of up the tension of of who there was, instead of being group A, B, C, D, it's now group Cracker, Chewy, Stew, and Shorty. Mm. And I, I like that, because, you know, a Me bit too. of banter, I, look, I probably fueled the flames with the intergroup rivalry a little bit. I had a lot of fun with that in the last league, and uh, it was it was really fun. It was a way to... You know, it was a bit of a race during the group stage to see who could get the, uh, all of the matches finished first. So it was a good bit of motivation for that, as well as, uh, you know, gave you somebody to root for in the, in the finals. Um, and we were, I think we had, we had four groups, but the beans, we didn't have a bean in each group previously. So by just adding that as a, you know, a, 
I don't know what we would call it, like just a namesake, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's good. We get to have we get to have a little bit of banter along the way. Our, uh, our our group members get to have a bit of banter, and when we do the coverage, which we will do for the finals, which uh, is is coming up on the is it the first of November? Should yep. we? Yep, That's got the date right. Yep. You know, we'll we'll be doing the coverage, and and we'll we'll have our champions, if you like, <laughs> uh, that we'll be providing completely biased commentary on. So, <laughs> 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 I, uh, I I really look uh. forward to that. Yeah, so. nice. No, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, pretty excited about this league. And yeah, Chewy, your group's actually gotten off to a pretty quick start. And I think Lab Monkey's been uh, organising matches like crazy. And he's got straight off to a four zero start. So he wants to get in before it gets banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Play, I think playing a bit of on that. So, but yeah, as as you mentioned he played before, Cracker against me when he beat me. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah, nice. Yep. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, everyone's kind of stuck in a little bit of limbo, which is a little bit disappointing. Yeah. We, you know, we sort of we kick off these leagues and we like to kick it off and keep the excitement going and have everybody playing matches early because that that helps us with our coverage later on but yeah it's kind of like new new set people are waiting to see what the decks are and then now this announcement it's like okay well yeah i'm i'm literally not even gonna try and play a match until maybe the end of next week and so that's two weeks of the league that we've missed out on so that's something we'll have to look at next year when we draw up our schedule for for all our uh, leagues and stuff for next year Yep. So we we just have to account for wizards printing bad cards that need to be broken and like banned in the first week. Is that what uh, we need to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure okay. we can uh, we can account for that <laughs> somehow. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I so mean, wizards can't do it, so maybe we no, can. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll good. do it for them. Uh, just like our coverage quality, uh, we'll show them how it's done, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> also, if we're talking about the league, it would be remiss if we didn't spend uh, just ten seconds talking about the Magic Beans Invitational, which uh, we'll kick off at some point in November after this league. So each of the uh, the leagues to date are contributing points towards the Invitational, where the top eight finishes over the the year of our leagues will uh, enter into a yeah a, an invite only event with some pretty epic prizes. So look out for that. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have more info on that. But uh, yeah, that's uh, if you're listening to this for the first time. And you're like, oh, these guys run leagues. It's like not just leagues. We also do a, uh, you know, a leagues final in, in form of the invitational. So get on to our Discord to uh, get more info on that. Absolutely. And uh, I got a message from Jay Mudd a couple of days ago. He's uh, He's been running the numbers on the Invitational and he reckons we're going to have some uh, some interesting tiebreakers. So <laughs> we'll, be, uh, we'll have to work out our, our official tiebreaker system as we get a little bit closer to uh, announcing who's made it in the Invitational. So stay tuned for that. Whoever wins the uh, no ban event can qualify. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out. All right, so I think that's going to do us. Uh, we've been uh, going pretty long tonight, so let's wrap this one up. As Chewie mentioned, yeah, if you want to get in on our leagues and things and all the uh, all the different stuff we do, then the best place to do that is to get in our Discord. So the, the link for that is in our show notes every week, and it's also on our Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we have a merch store if you want to help support us. You can buy some sweet Magic Beans hoodies and T-shirts and mugs and things like that. So again, I the recommend the almost meet-along mouse pad. Mouse mat yes, slash yes, commander yes. playmat. I've got that in front of me at the moment. It's actually amazing. So looks, looks pretty sweet. Yep. 
so that that just helps to uh, to support us and uh, yeah shout out again to josh and pat's mtg bazaar for the support they show us with their all the the funds and things they give us for all of our leagues and things we do all these free events with awesome prizes so definitely go and check it them out check them out on facebook to search for josh and pat's mtg bazaar and check out their daily auctions and let them know when you win something that the bean sent you so they uh, they know that we're sending a few people their way you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter, any of those places. Just search for Magic Beans Cast and you'll find us there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you next time. Peace.